National media continues to promote negative headlines intentionally designed to diminish the rule of law and those whose job it is to enforce it. We want you to hear from the source rather than a misleading soundbite. To keep this conversation going, support us on the lawmatters1030.org website. It's time we listened to and said thank you to those who spend their lives protecting us. Now let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I want to make a couple of announcements before I introduce my guests. We are looking for somebody who knows how to ride a bike and can represent us in El Tour de Tucson or a team of people. That would be awesome. If you're interested in doing that, please give me a call or send me an email from our website. And we're also looking for board members, active board members. If anybody's interested in getting involved with Law Matters Mission, please let me know. And the Honorary Commander Program is taking applications right now. So if you're interested in hearing what the Davis Monthan does and how we can work together as a community, send me an email. I'll send you the application. And Marana Citizen Academy is taking applications right now. So if you're into this, you should sign up. It's an education. It's definitely something I think is worth doing. So... In the studio, we have Mike Gletman from Department of Homeland Security. He's the Cybersecurity Advisor for Region 9. Is that like Region 9? What's Region 9? So, uh, good morning, Sherry, and Hi. thanks for having me in here. And yeah, Region 9, I like to say, so what that covers, it's FEMA Region 9. So it's Arizona, Nevada, California, Hawaii, and the Pacific Islands. So the day starts and ends in Region 9, which is because the islands are a uh, day ahead of us. So have you been to the islands lately? I only got as far as Hawaii. I haven't been out to Guam and, and those areas because we have now a person working that area. So And it's a nightmare trying to travel uh, out that way. It is. Yes. Right now it is. Yes, because you got when you take a flight from Phoenix, you literally land a day and a half later. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so... So you're you're older or younger? I think you're older. Older? <laughs> yes. Bummer. <laughs> you know, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, the Ninth Circuit. I was equating Region 9 with the Ninth Circuit. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Nope. No, we go by FEMA regions. Okay. We want to talk about a little bit about um, Internet laws. And I remember when all this started... Do you know a guy named David Quinto? I've heard the name, but I... He's an attorney. He graduated from the U of A. He went out to Beverly Hills. He is the attorney for the Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you see the gold statue, that's his boss. But he had written a book about Internet law when it first started. And I'm thinking about what you said to me the other day is, you know, with AI... We'll never catch up. Mm-hmm. I wonder what he's thinking right now. What kind of book is he writing right now? <laughs> yeah, like, that would be interesting. Yeah, you, you have to be, you know, think in the future, proactive. So yes. Tell me about AI and, and what we should be uh, concerned with. So for AI, so that's artificial intelligence. So the way I look at it as, think of it as machines acting like humans. That's the way we can think of it. And that technology right now is unlimited on what it can do. And there's a lot of different areas we look at. So number one that I think is fascinating is the voice side of it. So you and I are sitting here talking, and if I can capture two seconds of our voice, 
uh, I can use an artificial intelligence program to use your voice to say whatever I want it to say. So if I just have that two-second soundbite, I can type in what I want you to say, and I can reproduce that. And people are using this, bad actors are using this to scam people. Yes. All absolutely. over the world. Absolutely. And the, 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 one of the ones that we're focusing on now is, for example, if, uh, if you have a son or a daughter and they're on Facebook and maybe there's a video of them talking, I can capture that voice and now use your son or daughter's voice to potentially scam you. So, for example, they're out somewhere in school and I can send you a soundbite saying, mommy, I'm in trouble. You know, I need to, um, I'm at the police station or I'm in jail or somebody grabbed me, anything like that. And they can use that to try and uh, coerce you to send money or bring them cards, you know, uh, money cards and things like that. Yeah. Anytime somebody calls and says they're, you know, a family member, Double check. Exactly. Triple check. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because, you know, typically it's a scam. Yep. And and it's amazing because you would think that's the obvious answer, right? But people are excited and they react. They react. Yeah. And they don't think about doing the common sense thing. So they, you're exactly right. Always double check. Call your son or daughter and say, hey, is your son all right? Or, you know, call somebody you know, or call the school in this case, yeah. and say, "Hey, uh, you know, is my son there or my daughter there?" Yeah. Contests. I get a lot of emails saying, "Hey, you could win a trip or a car or whatever it is. Fill out this form." Mm-hmm. People fill out forms for you know whatever it is, but they're asking for all your information. That's exactly your name, that. your birthday, where do you live, and. Stop it. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's going to win that contest. Or if somebody does, your odds of getting hit by lightning are better than winning that contest. So what you're doing is giving that organization free information to market you to other organizations. And that's exactly what Or steal what your identity. Or steal your identity, right. And, exactly. You know, you, it's just, you don't want to do that. And that's an interesting angle right now with artificial intelligence. Because in the old days, you know, I had to do research on you and find out who you are, what you like, what you do. And it took a lot of time. Now I can use an artificial intelligent bot to say, tell me everything about Sherry Harrison. And it'll go out and research the internet and find everything about you and return that to me. It's a lot easier these days, especially if you're filling out those forms and and you know have a large presence on social media that type of thing and none of those reports said she won a car or a trip (laughs) no uh i'll I'll have to check on that (laughs) (laughs) okay a lot of people feel that parent control some people feel they don't go far enough other people feel they can set it and forget it and their kids are safe what do you say about internet and parent, parent controls? So, first of all, I have three kids, so I can empathize. Mine, I'm lucky. Mine are out of school, so that's good news. But I don't trust that anything can parent your kids like you. So don't rely on programs like that to parent your kids. You need to be involved with your kids. You need to understand what they're doing. You need to be the guidance of what's safe and not safe. So I personally wouldn't rely on those programs. So they are talking about these parent controls and they're they're making them better mm-hmm. and there's apps where you can monitor what your child is doing on their phone it comes to your phone 
but that doesn't cover everything that's going on with their phone. That's exactly right. Can they disable what a parent did? (laughs) So I think I like to say, uh, you know, if you need help with something on the Internet or something, ask a a 12-year-old, right? So if you're going to put that stuff on there and you don't understand the technology, it's likely your son or daughter will know how to get around it. Or like you said, just uh, do it in a way that you can get around things or just disable it all, all in general. Would you get a notification saying your child just disabled your control of my phone? It depends. It depends on the technology. So some of them may have that capabilities, but some may not. I think the solution is don't give your kid a phone. (laughs) So I, with my kids, I think they were uh, 10 or 12 before I gave them that technology. And again, I had the conversation with them. Uh, and I did for safety reasons, right? You want to feel comfortable that they have a phone while they're at school or or maybe they're out with friends. For so emergencies. They, for emergencies, exactly. But I had that conversation with them of um, how to protect themselves and be careful who they're talking to and uh, don't answer the phone unless they know who it is and those types of things. And we had the conversation about social media and never meet up with people, you know, mm. and, and that type of stuff. So, Yeah, that's scary. Don't Don't meet up with people and they... They do anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know, what were you thinking? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about having these repaired, your phone repaired Mm -hmm. or computer repaired. How do you, I mean, there's all these people out there. There's the geeks to you. There's the geeks to Best Buy. There, you know, there's doctors, professors, data analysis, (laughs) all these people. Who can you trust? So I like to start with saying trust no one. You know, it's your data, it's your information, especially if you do your taxes on your computer, things like that. You have all kinds of sensitive information on there. So let's start with the good news is the technology today is so good and so cheap that you don't run into problems like we did years and years ago. So that's the good news. Then think of the other side. If I have to replace the technology, just dump it and replace it. Uh, it, You can find times where, you know, like a laptop today is $300 to replace. So it's getting cheaper to replace it. It's throwaway products. But if you do have to repair it, you do decide to repair it. I like to say go to word of mouth. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. See who they use. You can start with the big box stores and and try that. But remember, you're giving somebody your everything everything about you, including possibly your tax forms and everything else, which has your social security number on it. Mm -hmm. So you really have to think about what's the value of, you know, giving that off to someone and trusting someone to protect that data. Oh, I I called a store and asked them, how do you hire people? Mm -hmm. What is their background? Do you do a background check on who's coming in? Mm-hmm. How do they get trained? What is their you know level of education? I wasn't happy with the answer, nope. so you know it was easier to buy a new computer. Exactly. So if you're going to dispose of a com- old computer, what do you remove from that computer before you hand it over to a recycles? So the two things that I recommend you pull out is number one, if you can, the hard drive, and number two is memory because stuff can sit in memory as well. And usually that's just a couple of little. 
uh, circuit boards that you open up a compartment and you can just pull them right pull them out. out. Yeah, exactly. And then there's great recycling programs. I'm sure they have them here in Tucson where they'll destroy hard drives, uh, destroy monitors, destroy your technology in a safe way. So you can look for those events as well. So don't build a bonfire in the backyard. No, don't build a bonfire. (laughs) Sledgehammer may not work. Right. (laughs) You want to do it appropriately to make sure it's done correctly. Absolutely. There's there's technical ways you can do it too. You can wipe the drives and all this kind of stuff. But depending if the product works or doesn't work, that may be an option or may not be an option. Okay. I want to know, what is a typical day in your life like? You have an interesting job. <laughs> I mean, you've got the whole ninth region. Come yes. on. So what, there's what do a, you do? The good news is there's a lot of us in the region, but we back each other up. So I never know. I like to say it's never a dull moment, and I never know what's going to happen when I get up. So our role in security is proactive. So we help organizations protect themselves and what we call lower their cyber risk. So the time to call me is not after you get compromised. The time to call me is before you get compromised because I'm going to work with those organizations to say, hey, this is where you're running risk. If you do these steps, these best practices, that way you can lower your risk of some of these adversaries attacking you. So how long before the Super Bowl do you start working on the security? About one year. So, so you're working on it. I'm working on it right now for When's Las Vegas. When's the next Super Bowl? Las Vegas. So, it's in Las Vegas. Yes. So Region Nine has three Super oh, you're Bowls in a row. Have all kinds of trouble there. <laughs> <laughs> I got great stories from that. But Region Nine has three Super Bowls in a row. So we had SoFi Stadium in L.A. and then uh, Phoenix here last year, and now next year is going to be Las Vegas. Yeah, you you protected the bird's nest. Yes, I did. I was a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's awesome. So I know you, t- you, are you a member of InfraGuard? I am a member of InfraGuard. That's how I met you, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I okay. Think that's what it was. I, was, I was pretty sure because I'm a member of InfraGuard. So yep. That, that's probably what happened. So I, I had asked you about, you know, the computer thing with sextortion and everything, and you said you don't get involved with that. No, we normally don't get involved in that side because, again, we're proactive security for organizations. Um, so, but I will say as a part of the Super Bowl, that was a huge issue. Large events like that draw that type of thing. Yeah, the um, gem shows. Super yeah, Bowl, you got all it. All of them. All that. Any large event is going to draw that type of thing. So I heard all of that going on, but we have other organizations that handle handle that so you had all those organizations there too right how many organizations actually covered the super bowl so i'd have to try and draw up a list but i can say there were 23 working groups for the phoenix super bowl of different things like cyber we had a drone working group i want to ask you about drones all right i love drones that's one of my favorite (laughs) topics but you know there's 23 of those different uh, separate working groups so a lot of people involved everything from uh, federal resources to state and local resources as well, and of course private sector resources. Yeah, they had um, when I worked the Super Bowl. They had people, military people, were there. Yes, some of them were on duty, some were off duty. Mm-hmm. People were in uniform, people were not. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they were everywhere. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. And it, yeah. it was it was pretty amazing to experience that. I heard the number. I think I heard, if I recall, from um, State Farm Stadium, was there were somewhere between ten to fifteen thousand support people for that event. Yeah. That's the number I believe I heard. It was huge. Yeah, yeah, 
the person selling hot dogs could yeah. be undercover. You got people parking cars. You know, yeah. you got people wandering around uh, the the area trying to keep the fans safe and just report incidents as they happen. Those types of things. And the guys on the roof, laying <laughs> on the roof, watching. <laughs> you know, that was an interesting story. So we originally, you know, normally. Um, State Farm Stadium has the roof closed, I think, up, except for the last game mm-hmm. of the season. And initially, they had told us the roof was going to be closed for the Super Bowl. Um, I believe in 2015, it was open mm-hmm. just for the opening show, and then they closed it after that. But this year, they decided they were going to keep it open, and that kind of freaked a lot of people out. <laughs> so, Because you can imagine there's so many more angles that uh, adversaries can use. Drones. Um, yeah, drones or... You know, anything from airplanes flying over or balloons or anything, you know, when you have an, an open access versus closed access. Can you imagine a hot air balloon trying to land in the... Or just drop something. And just drop something, yeah. exactly. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's talk about drones. Tell okay. me everything you know. So drones are <laughs> super interesting. And you can start... I like to start with Drone 101 because most people say... Um, hey, if I have a drone, can I shoot it out of the air? That's usually the first question I get. You know, they're annoying, right? Well, they are annoying. They're yeah. like these noisy gnats. That's exactly I mean, really right. Really noisy. That's exactly right. So the first thing about drones is if you're outside, anything one inch above the ground and higher is FAA airspace. Okay. So if, if you're flying something, you are now under FAA airspace and you have to follow the rules of the FAA. Drones are classified as an aircraft, no different than a 747 or a little Cessna or something like that. So in theory, if you shoot down a drone, it's treated as if you're shooting down a 747. Now, we all know there's a difference between 350 people on a 747 and a drone, right? So that's all going to come out as a part of the court process. But that's the first charge you get is you shot down an aircraft. So people need to understand that. And then there, it goes from there that, okay, now if you shoot down the aircraft, think about it. If I'm shooting bullets at it, where's the bullets landing? The bullets land somewhere. So now I got to be conscious of, you know, who am I affecting when I do that? And then when the craft comes out of the air and lands somewhere, does it hit somebody? I got to be conscious of that as well. So it's no fun at all to shoot down an aircraft. It's no fun at all. And so, you know, in the, in the old days, we didn't have technology. Again, we talked about how legal issues and uh, capabilities are usually behind the technology. Yeah. The technology comes out first, and then we got to figure out how do we secure it? How do we prevent something from happening? How do so, we regulate what's going on? Exactly right. So in the old days, you had things like they had systems where they'd throw nets up or maybe they'd use radar to identify them, you know, and maybe they'd jam signals. But when you jam a drone signal, you could jam cell phone signals and various other things, you know, where people are trying to call out for emergencies. So those aren't the good tactics anymore. The good tactics are find the operator, you know, and talk to the operator. So we have some really cool technology today. Um, every drone today is is capable of uh, sending a signal to it to say, by default, if something happens, it goes to home, return to home. So it returns to the operator. So now I can... It's like carrier pigeon. Exactly. So <laughs> you, I can use technology to force that drone to go back to the operator. And now I can identify where's that operator at, and I can go... Uh, talk to that operator and find out what was his or her intent, you know, for flying that drone around. And that's the technology today. Okay, drones have those little 
propeller things that go round and round. Yep. A couple of them. Yep. If you shot a rubber band at it and jammed it, would why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> would that be the same as shooting it down? So yes, anytime no. you're disrupting it, paper yes, clips, yeah, that, you know, anything you do okay. to disrupt it, yes, you unfortunately, know fun and, at all. <laughs> I, I was laughing because I'm wondering shooting a rubber band up at a drone. That be first of all, be a heck of a shot. So. <laughs> but just uh, saying, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I just wondered if there were parameters about this. So have you ever gone to court with a drone case? So I have not. I don't spend time in court. We have legal teams that deal with that. I'm thinking me more on the investigative and the informative and educational side of things. Yeah, well, when I was doing that, I had to go to court. Yeah. (laughs) So you can sometimes, but I avoid that whenever I can and knock on wood, I haven't had to do that. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) So we won't have any court cases to talk about. No, not not really, because again, usually the legal teams handle that, and they bring in um, uh, they have experts pre lined up to talk on those subjects, um, as opposed that have that have been trained to talk in court and do that type of thing. Okay, so if if you are flying a drone, any drone, do you have to have a pilot's license? So yes, you have to register. Uh, there's an organization that you have to register your drone, and you have to have a license to do that. That is correct. Are there different types of licenses depending on the drone? Because I know there's some drones that are like the size of a turkey roaster. Yes. And then there's some that are like the size of a 757. Yeah, there's insane technology. different levels for different types of drones yeah there's different capabilities there's different things that you can do if it's a commercial drone you know that type of thing if you're using it for a commercial drone yeah like for a business or something like that using it to deliver food really yes absolutely i've never had that happen yeah so they're actually it's the program is here in phoenix they've been toying with that on uh, uh taking Uh, Different things, everything from Amazon to uh, the Postal Service to just local businesses delivering pizza. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's your seventy five inch TV. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, of course, there's capabilities with every drones and what they can um, uh, hold and and what they can deliver. And then you got the whole issue. Can you imagine drones all flying at random through the air? No. Uh, Yeah, that would be dangerous. I would get a fly swatter. Yeah. So this really cool part of that that I. I've heard of that different organizations like uh, UPS are looking at is they drive a truck into a neighborhood and then they release like 10 drones at a time or 15 drones at a time to go to different houses within that neighborhood. So now you've reduced that zone of where the drones are flying around versus flying from the west side of Phoenix all the way across town, you know, <laughs> disrupting the airport, various other things, and then going to a neighborhood. So, and Don't they have no-fly zones that are permanent no-fly zones? Yes, absolutely. So they're, Can you declare your own home a no-fly zone? No, you oh. can't. <laughs> you actually have to file a request with the um, F- FAA and, and state your case on why you want a no-fly zone. So tangent on that, we did that. Uh, for Super Bowl 57. So the Super Bowl stadium, one mile around the stadium, was a no-drone fly zone, as well as a lot of the Super Bowl events or in downtown Phoenix. That's the first time in Super Bowl history they've ever done that. So that was kind of cool. What about the flyover? So the flyover is different. You know, once you declare no-fly zones and no-drone fly zones, then you 
allow your exceptions. Because, okay. of course, for example, Fox Sports needed their drones for the game. So they declare an exception and say, here's our drones. Did here's you the charge frequency. them a lot of money for that? that? I wasn't involved in that. You'd have to ask State Farm State. I would want to be NFL. in that negotiation room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so things like the flyover, they get permission to do the flyover, and it's all staged. It's this time, um, and this is the route and that type of stuff. So that way everybody knows here's what's going to happen and no surprises. Yeah, because if you're on the ground and you're looking up, you see a drone. You don't know who it belongs to. That's exactly right. So do they have to ID on their drone that this is Fox News or ESPN or whatever? Yeah, they submit ahead of time. These are the drones and the signals they broadcast, uh, and these are legit, and here's what they're used for. That's exactly right. Do they have to, like, a picture of it? Um, I don't think they go as far as a picture because it's all done by radio frequency and it's all done okay. by like an announcement of, of, of a code. You know, it's kind of, think of it as like a VIN on a car, right? Your VIN okay. number on your car saying this car with this VIN number is legit. Same type of thing. And how are you going to know the VIN number if it's flying, you know, thousand feet in the air? Because it'll broadcast it out and it'll say it's like a frequency. Well, it says, and hey, you get it me. on your cell phone? Uh, so actually there is an app. Uh, that you can download as a citizen on your cell phone, and it's uh, it's I think it's called Before You Fly, and it'll tell you what kind of zone you're in. Is this a no-fly zone? Is this a restricted zone, which means you could only fly maybe up to 50 feet or 100 feet, and it'll tell you exactly what kind of zone you're sitting in. Oh, and as you travel across country, you could just like yep. zone to zone to zone? Zone to zone to zone, that's exactly right. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you that when we get to the break. It is very interesting. Okay. We're actually going to take a break. We're going to be back in a few. Law Matters Live Show works hard at keeping you informed on current issues from all law enforcement agencies including any changes in both the tax and mortgage loan rules. I host the show as a volunteer. My real job is working for a mortgage broker with over 20 resources in residential, commercial, jumbo, as well as a reverse mortgage company whose new rule is offering tax-free money to those 55 and older, qualifying for up to $4 million. If you want to learn more, call me after the show at 520-310-9900. Saving lives means staying informed. Knowing the dangers of using counterfeit prescription pills can help those you care about and keep our community safe. As a parent, educator, neighbor, or friend, we all play a role in building safe and healthy futures for ourselves and our loved ones. Do your part. Take the first step today. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com to access education, prevention, and treatment resources. Counterfeit prescription pills laced with fentanyl are deadly. Be their protector. Be informed. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com. This is Deputy Chuke with Pima County Search and Rescue, reminding you that infants and toddlers do not experience heat as adults do. Consider this when bringing your young ones on a hike in temperatures of over 80 degrees. You do not want to risk that child having heat stroke or being arrested for child endangerment. If you're thinking of a trek through nature, plan ahead, look ahead, and use your head. Your future depends on it. Save your phone's battery life so when you get lost, we may contact you. Wearing bright colors that can be seen from a distance helps the effort. This is Nathan Chabin, producer for Law Matters. I have a goal to reach and I need your help. I want to put the DEA out of business. That's right, the Drug Enforcement Agency. If you have an addiction problem or know someone who does, 
please reach out to lawmatters1030.org and click the DEA tab for more information. Reaching out is the first step. We have the resources if you have the will. You can beat this demon and help me put the Drug Enforcement Agency out of business. Thanks for staying with us. Our guest today is Mike Lepman with Department of Homeland Security. He's a cybersecurity advisor for Region 9. And he's a member of, you said CISA? CISA. Yeah, so it's a Cyber Infrastructure Security Agency. Okay, what do you do for them? So that's that's my main job of proactively protecting organizations of cyber risk, identifying where are they running cyber risk, alerting them of what are who are the adversaries out there, what are those people trying to do. We focus on nation-state actors because of their capabilities. These what do days. you mean nation-state So nation-states are literally, in our definition, other countries that have formed cyber teams to attack us. Like Russia? Like Russia. Like to, I get like to call the Fab Four is Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran right now. They have the, the most Fab capable. Four. <laughs> they have the most <laughs> capable uh, cyber t- disruption teams that try and attack our organizations. And from CISA's standpoint and the Department of Homeland Security, the biggest concern is the critical infrastructure. And I think we talked about that last time. There, are, uh, After 9-11, President Bush signed an executive order saying these 16 sectors are part of the critical infrastructure. So it's water, it's energy, it's telecom, it's government, it's IT organizations, it's My manufacturing. House. <laughs> the, your house wasn't <laughs> listed specifically, but um, yeah. So these, there are these 16 sectors, and that's what we focus on protecting because it's all of our uh, critical things that we take for granted every day. You know, you flick a light on, you expect, or you flick a switch, and you expect the lights to come on. You pick up a phone or pick up your cell phone and, and click a button, you expect to hear a dial tone or expect it to dial out, you know, just things like that. You're a very busy person. Yes. So what do you do for InfraGuard? <laughs> so for InfraGuard, um, actually we have meetings once a month where any uh, organization can sign up and we do briefings on the on what's going on in the world, what the threats are. I take the cyber side. So usually I start out and say, here are what the nation state actors are trying to do. Here's some of the latest cyber threats. Here's some things that are super important that you need to be concerned about. You know, things like when uh, SolarWinds, I don't know if you heard that, but SolarWinds is a third-party product that got compromised by a nation-state actor. So any organization running that was potentially compromised. So we give out that information as best we can to say, here's what we know. Here's what you need to be concerned about. Let's tell people what InfraGuard is about because I don't think a lot of people understand what InfraGuard is and that they can be a member. You're a business owner. You want to be a member of InfraGuard. Absolutely. I like to say it's a community of people with a common interest. So it started out with physical security, and we've since incorporated cybersecurity because the issues of cyber and physical are starting to move. I can or merge together. I can uh, take and have a cyber event cause a physical event, or maybe I cause a physical event and then I do a cyber give event. Give me an example. Yeah, I will give you an example. So, for example, um, I could take and use a cyber event where I could attack a website, uh, let's say a water website. So now citizens can't pay their bill online. They can't request service for water. Maybe I can use a cyber attack to get control of a water facility where I can control the chemicals that get placed in our water. So I can put too much chlorine or I can put 
too much of a hazardous chemical in our water. So that's cyber attacks causing physical effects. Okay. Now, the reverse of that is a physical attack and cause cyber effects. That actually happened here in Arizona back in uh, 2015. So we had a uh, extensive rainfall that exposed a fiber line that was like three feet in the ground. But because we had so much rain, it washed out a gully and exposed the pipe that it was in. So uh, a guy came along, thought it was copper wire, started oh, sawing no. through it, uh, realized it was fiber, and then took off. Well, what he had done is severed the single point of failure to the northern part of the state. So everybody uh, started losing internet access, 911 went down, gas stations, you couldn't go in and use an ATM card. So now you did something physical that caused cyber effects, right? I can't use my ATM. I can't get on the internet. I can't, you know. Did they find him? They did not find him, no. Not that I'm aware of. I I never heard that uh, they found out who did that. So we're asking you to turn yourself in. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Please. That was a a bad day. The good news is um, there's now redundancy set up to the northern part of the state. So we have uh, multiple connections coming into the to the uh, northern part of the state so that's like something backups backups that's exactly right so there's a there's a line that comes in from the north and there's a line that comes in from the south and i believe there's one other that comes in from a different direction so you fix that problem yep do you see problems in the future of different areas that you wish people would take care of absolutely and again that's our role is to come into organizations and say here's you're where you're psychic. running risk yeah not psychic <laughs> hopefully we like to base it on uh more uh relevant information, relevant information. Yeah. <laughs> well okay <laughs> so, so what do you tell people what is the most common thing that that you see that you wish people would stop doing that or fix that before it's an issue? That's a great question. So if you're IT staff, it's patching. Patch, patch, patch. That's what I say. It's it's leaving your systems go, un, not applying the security patches. For citizens, it's the same thing. You get an alert on your phone that says um, Verizon or, or T-Mobile or AT&T or whoever uh, has a security patch. You want to apply it now. Yes, you want to apply it because that's a way that the adversaries can break into your phone. But from a general citizen standpoint, it's phishing. It's all about clicking on links. You know, um, it's your Nigerian uncle that sends you an email and he wants you to help him get his uh, money out of his bank account in his the U.S. inheritance? His inheritance, yes, absolutely. And I'm the number one person on the will? <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. So uh, so it's it's those phishing links. I like to say don't click on anything you know verify what it is so if you think it's an email coming from your bank and it says click here don't click here go to your bank website and log in like you normally do and then the if there is an alert or a problem with your account you'll see it right there and if that doesn't if you can't get in that way call the bank you know use the number on the back of your credit card yeah Use the number. Don't call the number that yeah, don't sent call the number in the, in the email. email. Right, exactly. That's <laughs> a mistake. Yep. And you can always look at where did this come from? Who sent this to me? So that is more and more difficult these days. But you're correct. You can go. There's a way you can go in to show what we call the the uh, email headers, which will tell you did it start in Russia, did it start in China, or did it start somewhere else? But it's a little more difficult for a common citizen to yeah, do. Yeah, you just got an email from Putin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and and the reason why it's becoming more difficult because in the old days you'd have some gibberish as the sender, right? Something Gmail or Yahoo or AOL. But nowadays it could be your friends because it maybe your friends got compromised or maybe 
they pulled the name off of somewhere. So it looks like a friend or a family member that's sending you this email. So should we be concerned about China and Russia and North Korea and who else did you say? Pakistan? No, Iran. Iran? Yes. Should we be concerned about what's going on? So as general citizens, I would say no, don't get wound up in that. Just think of it as there are uh, lots of bad actors out there trying to do lots of things to us and against us. And just understand they're very, very sophisticated. From a business side, absolutely we should be concerned about that because all of them have different tactics. So uh, from the cyber side, I'd say uh, Russia is kind of like um, the old mafia style thing. They want to steal information, resell it in the underground, make money. That's what they're all Control about. Control our elections. Control our, yeah, that's another part of it. Um, China, for example, loves to steal trade secrets. They want to take our technology and improve it for their own way of life. Were you a part of or, or did you have knowledge of the fake police departments they had in New York? So I don't, I wasn't a part of that specifically, but that brings up an interesting topic is that these adversaries will use social media to create fake news media outlets, create fake organizations. So people think they're responding to legitimate organizations and they're really not. Are you part of KillNet? I am not a part of KillNet. <laughs> can but, you talk about it? Yes, we can talk about it. So that, let's say, uh, KillNet is a uh, Russian-based organization that their tactics are uh, DDoS or distributed denial service, which basically means... I take a bunch of computers that I control, I launch an attack against your website, and I can bring down your website so your citizens or your customers can't get to your website. That's an example of a DDoS attack. And what would the purpose be? So the purpose is to cause confusion, chaos, disruption. So, for example, if... I thought uh, that was Rush Limbaugh's job. <laughs> that too. But, um, so, for example, like an election, you know, we're all anxious to see the results of elections, right? So we go to the Secretary of State's website or we go to our local county website here in Pima County or maybe the city of Tucson, and they publish the election results because we're interested in that. Well, adversaries can attack those websites and take them down. So now what are you thinking is... Uh, hey, if somebody's attacking and able to take down websites, is there something bigger going on? Are they able to control something else? Call Rudy. Yeah, call Rudy. That's exactly right. <laughs> he has the answer. Yeah. <laughs> so if they're doing that, if people are, are believing some of these things, they're something more subtle. It's not an election. Maybe it's just taking over somebody's news feed or a branch of their news feed. People are believing this information. That's correct. How do you undo that? So that's a difficult one because, you know, and it's actually an interesting question. I was before an organization a few weeks ago and I said, my question was, who do you trust today? You know, back in our day, we had, and even in our parents' day, they tuned in and watched Walter Cronkite. You know, oh, he yeah. was the oh, definitive Walter. source of truth in this nation. There is nothing like that today. And mm-hmm. there is no mass um, portion of society that has something like that today to rely on. So our world has changed. So we all use different sources for the truth. And so it depends on who you look to as to what type of information you are getting. So that's the problem. You know, I I used to, I mean, he's dead now, but years ago, I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh. Mm -hmm. And then he got called out on something he had said about George W. 
And while I wasn't a big fan of George W., I thought, you know, that was a horse's ass thing to talk about. You know, why did you do that? Mm -hmm. And he said, I am not a news anchor. I am an entertainer. Mm -hmm. That was his his thing. And I'm like, okay, I've never listened to Fox again. (laughs) So (laughs) because you're hiring entertainers, I want news. Right. So, but now it seems like all the news people are entertainers it's all about you know exaggerating what's actually going on so that's very unfortunate they'll take some yeah they'll take something and especially when it pertains to law enforcement and they'll blow it up into this big thing when mm-hmm. you know hey look at the real story yes look at behind the listen to what they're not saying right that's what i tell people and and the other thing is just think they're looking for the abnormal so there could be a thousand people and one person has one thing now that may be a sad situation and unfortunate but let's not take that one person's situation and pretend it's the norm and it's the majority and that's the problem with the news media today is it just exaggerates the truth it's um, very misleading. And it's misleading. That's correct. And, you know, there are people out there who will swear by whatever they're listening to mm-hmm. and not open their mind to, hey, maybe that's not exactly correct. Or or at least it's not the norm, right? It's not the majority. It may be an isolated situation or one single event. It's not like everybody is doing this type of thing. Yeah, they they clumped all law enforcement into one, exactly. one thing. And I, I was just like, you know, this is really sad because we've got a lot of brave men and women out there doing the right thing every day. On your behalf. Absolutely. Keeping our family safe. Exactly. And you're acting like this isn't good. Hmm? Okay. I want to talk about drones. I love drones. I I just might go out and get one. You don't know. There's all kinds of cool options today. I probably would ask your advice before I went investing (laughs) in a drone. So let's start there. So the first thing we talk about is be aware that there's drones that are made in foreign countries. The largest manufacturer today of drones is DJI, which is a Chinese-based company. Don't buy it. What could go wrong? Yeah, don't buy it. (laughs) So, And actually, for businesses, that's a real concern of ours, is because if a business goes out and they purchase DJI drones, they now have uh, whatever they're using it for their business, there's the potential. They're sending it back to China. They're sending it directly back to China. So what kind of data are they collecting? What kind of trade secrets, information, anything physical about their plant or their business that they're they're trying to discover through drone technology the chinese may also be discovering i was asked are drones used in uh agriculture yes that is very very cool so uh this that technology is just exploding i was on a, a seminar a few months ago looking at uh, they do everything from spreading chemicals to controlling the tractors out in the field. What kind of chemicals? So anything that you need, legitimate, you know, fertilizer type stuff and stuff like that. But if somebody <laughs> think about it, a drone <laughs> distributing fertilizer, exactly. So think about if some adversary got a hold of that and used that. What I like to say is, what if I got a hold of a a drone that drops a chemical or drops liquid? Let's just leave it as liquid. And I could fly it on a Friday night lights, you know, over a football stadium, a high school football stadium. Even if I put blue water in there and flew it over the stadium, think of the chaos that would. Uh, oh, absolutely, it would. Would cause, yeah, absolutely. And then <laughs> worse, if if it was a hazardous chemical, think of what I could do there. 
Could you take that drone when it's fertilizer and fly it into China? Uh, it won't make it. It won't go that far. The distance, number one, you have with most commercial drones, you have signal issues, and then you have airtime. So drones in general will fly anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and a half. And there's, you can buy additional batteries and stuff to make it go uh, longer. But to go across the ocean, uh, a t- commercial drone, no. Military drone, yes. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> well, so interesting enough that remember a lot of those attacks on Al-Qaeda leaders over in um, those uh, other countries, that was performed by military uh, operations where they fly in and take out a, um, a terrorist leader uh, with some sort of missile, bomb, rocket. Are they using, I, I heard on the news, and <laughs> like I said, I don't believe anything I hear anymore. Um they were using drones to attack Moscow? Yes. Uh, actually, that just happened this week. Um, so, again, that's a military-style drone, which has either a missile or a bomb on it, and they can fly it into an area, uh, launch the payload, and then fly it back and reload. And not be detected? Uh, so there are ways to detect it, but there are ways that if you fly under a certain radar, you know, you have to be looking for drones in order to detect them. If you fly under a certain height, traditional radar is not going to pick that stuff up. And because, depending on the size of the drone, you know, that they're using, uh, that could evade the radar as well. Hal just sent me a text message, and he said that Ukrainian military positions were compromised by DJI drones data. Mm -hmm. Yes. That, you know, that could easily happen to any organization that's utilizing that technology because it goes up to, let's say, a cloud service or uh, somewhere where it's stored, whether it's on the drone or whether it launches somewhere else and stores in the cloud, the adversary who controls that could capture that information and use it to their benefit. That's not cool. <laughs> that's not cool. Sorry, I don't mean to cheer you up on a Saturday I know, morning. you're just <laughs> bumming me out. Okay. Well, let's talk about the cloud service. Since you mentioned it, let's mm-hmm. talk about the cloud. If you're going to take your hard drive out and your memory out of your computer that you're recycling, all that information is still in the cloud. All of it or just some of it? So, it, again, the great IT answer, it depends. So let's start with something simple like your Mike. phone. <laughs> yeah, I know. But let's start with something simple like your phone. So the way Apple technology first is, it works is you can back up your music, your pictures, all that stuff in the cloud. That's a great convenience. What if you drop your phone, lose your phone in the water? You know, you're out uh, uh, boating is a bad example here in Arizona. But let's say you're out hiking <laughs> and you drop your phone uh, down a cliff and it's gone for good. Well, the good news is all your data is in the cloud. So you can just run to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, get another phone and... and um, log in and download your information, you're good to go again. But the bad side of that is what I like to call is the Ollie North syndrome, where when you delete something, is it really deleted? Uh You have to make sure it's deleted everywhere it's stored. And just because you delete it on your phone doesn't mean it's deleted in the cloud. And is it possible to take it off the cloud? Yes, absolutely. How? So you can uh, get a separate access to log in to your account on the cloud. So let's say you lost your phone. 
Uh, you can It can be as simple as you can log in from your PC, access your account, and then download everything from there. When you buy a new phone, that's exactly what you're doing. You're logging into your phone. It's saying, this is my account, goes to the cloud, downloads all your information. So the adversaries could do the same thing. So they could compromise your account. Let's say you use a weak password, for example. Like and, one, two, three, four? Yeah, like password. <laughs> like password. <laughs> exactly. So they could <laughs> compromise it that way. Or if they attack that company that's storing your data and they grab the security or password files, they can run a, a program against that to reveal all the passwords that all the customers use. And that even makes it easier. Wow. There's a program called Take It Down that... Yeah. Does it work? So that's the one that um, you, if you post pictures on like uh, social minors, media sites. Minors being sex trafficked. Yes. So I'm not sure how they do it, but I would caution, again, just because it's taken down in one spot doesn't mean it's removed. So for example, let's say you posted something and your friends downloaded that or your friends looked at it and put it somewhere else. Well, yeah, you could remove it maybe from your account, but it's still all over the internet. So my rule of thumb is don't ever post anything that you wouldn't want your mom to see. That's true. <laughs> you know, don't run around taking and telling having kids actually taking pictures of themselves naked and throwing it out on the internet. Yes. What are you thinking? Yeah, exactly. You and know. it's not just kids, it's it's all kinds of people. Oh, well, that's even creepier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, kids are vulnerable, but that, you know, that's creepy. Right. Okay. That app you were telling us about mm -hmm. is the letter B, mm -hmm. the number four, Yep. the letter U, Yes. the word fly, F-L-Y, yes. before you fly. Anybody can download it. Any citizen can download it. And just, again, remember, every time you download an app, you have to remember uh, if your system like Apple automatically updates your apps, that's great. But every once in a while, make sure you're updating all your apps to make sure they got the latest revisions. But that app... With all the apps on your phone, how do you... You'd spend your whole day, Monday, just updating apps. Uh, so what are you doing updating apps? The good news is, is the technology is <laughs> changing. Even on, uh, I have both an Apple and a Droid. So both technologies are automatically updating the apps. Um, for oh, so you don't have to sit there and do it? So it's something you have to be aware that that risk is out there. But for the most part, you don't need to worry about that as much anymore today as you as we used to. But, but if you get a notice saying, hey, we've got an update, you need to update. That is correct. And it doesn't mean that every single app gets updated as that process. There may have to be a manual approach. So you just need to be aware of that technology and, and, and how to update those systems. Okay, I want to go back to DJI. Mm-hmm. How do, if you're out there buying a drone or buying anything, is that the only thing they build are drones? Uh, no, I believe they have a lot of other different technology as well. So if the manufacturer is DJI, you probably want to look for something that doesn't say that. Well, I'll just say that is a Chinese-based country, and you have to understand what is your risk in doing something like that. But that's no different than any other technology. You know, we buy... TVs that are made overseas. We buy cars that are made overseas. So we have to understand what that risk is and what we're uh, willing to accept as our risk. And what are you willing to accept as your risk? Well, this morning... Because I'm going to follow your lead. <laughs> so this morning I drove down the 10. So I took a big risk if you've ever driven down the 10. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but, but I accept that risk. But in, in my mind, 
Okay, when you're looking at something like a TV, although nowadays there are smart TVs, right? So they're connected to the internet. You can do lots of different things on them. Um, you just need to understand, okay, who's, am I, am I trusting Samsung? Am I trusting Sony? You know, who am I trusting? Now, an organization that's backed by the Chinese government, I'm a little more concerned there uh, just because they have known um, history of utilizing those organizations and telling those organizations you need to share the information with the Chinese government. So that's a huge concern. Be careful what you buy. Yes. I this you're just wigging me out here. <laughs> well, and it gets worse because think oh, of thank every, you. <laughs> think of everything we buy today. We have I bought um a range top you know, uh, mm-hmm. for a new house that I, that we moved into. And that can now connect to the internet. It's internet connected. Why I need to connect my range to the internet, that's a good question. And by the way, I didn't do that. I was say, you can be sitting here and cooking breakfast at the same time. Exactly. You know, you got your appliances <laughs> that are all, uh, can connect to the internet. You've got these ring doorbells. You've got baby monitors. The largest inter- uh, internet outage in the nation happened, I think it was 2016, 2017, something like that. It was basically adversaries exploited a vulnerability in baby monitors. <laughs> and at one, all at once, they caused these baby monitors to send out signals like in a denial of service attack and took out one of the largest ISPs on the East Coast. So everybody lost their internet access, Amazon services, things like that. All of that went down, all because of vulnerabilities in baby monitors. Wow. That's insane. Yep. We need to be careful. I don't think I'd hook up my refrigerator and my my stove to the internet. I and just and I don't. What about that? What Alexa thing? <laughs> so that's a great question. So Alexa is always listening to you. Now, I will say, so is Siri on your Apple phone. So just be aware of that. But the, what, think about that technology. You're sitting in the room and you say, Alexa, play me a song. Yeah, well, Alexa's always listening for you to give a it command. a command. Now, think about if I could take over that device, I could listen to everything you're saying and capture everything you're saying and capture it digitally so now I can move it into artificial hey, hey. intelligence and there's all kinds of things I can do with that. So my caution there is understand that technology, understand what it can do. There's no reason why we don't want to use technology for good things. Uh, we talked about agriculture and all the good things we're doing with artificial intelligence and with drones in agriculture. We're doing that in the medical industry. We're doing that for protecting our borders. I don't want a drone operating on me. <laughs> so <laughs> let me uh, actually the I'm a huge fan of Chicago Med, right? Okay. So think about, what do they call that? ER 2.0. Right. So actually, I looked into that, and that's not far off from the technology that can be used today. Now, the way they're using it on the show is they're saying things like, uh, what are the probability if I do this, you know, that is it successful? So they're using it for the good. So, yeah. Yay. I'm yeah. not I'm not the one on the table, so have at it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, enjoy yourself. Exactly. I want to thank you for coming in today. We're just like 30 seconds of airtime left. I want to ask everybody to check and make sure it's DJAI. DJAI. And if you have anything from DJI, get rid of it. <laughs> get rid of it. Join InfraGuard. It's important, especially if you have a business. Yes. So, okay. 
Hal, thanks for asking me to ask him that question. And until later, shop local, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Law Matters Live Show works hard at keeping you informed on current issues from all law enforcement agencies, including any changes in both the tax and mortgage loan rules. I host the show as a volunteer. My real job is working for a mortgage broker with over 20 resources in residential, commercial, jumbo, as well as a reverse mortgage company whose new rule is offering tax-free money to those 55 and older, qualifying for up to $4 million. If you want to learn more, call me after the show at 520-310-9900.